Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a Schedule you can bet on. One bleeds red, <laughs> one bleeds blue, two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mike, I thought it was uh, the Jared Rome show there for a second. I don't know, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. Uh, as always, I'm joined uh, by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. And, Mike, I understand you've got a little something to share with us today. Yeah, just just a little bit. Uh you know, I was kind of curious as to uh, NBA versus NFL. NBA versus NFL. Which, uh, you know, what direction should you go uh, as far as uh, rooting for them? Uh, but uh, I, I got some numbers that have been brought to me, and uh, they're very legitimate. So uh, check them out. 36. 36. 36 players have been accused of spousal abuse in the NFL. Seven okay. have been arrested for fraud. Nineteen have been a- accused of writing bad checks. Now, this is just a general thing here. 117 have directly or indirectly bankrupted at least two businesses. Well, three have done time for assault. Hmm. 71, I repeat, 71 cannot get a credit card due to bad credit. <laughs> wow. 14 man, have been oh, arrested. On, 14, 14 have been arrested on drug-related charges. Eight have been, a, have been arrested for shoplifting. 
21 currently are defendants in lawsuits, and 84 have been arrested for drunk driving in the last year. Now, wow. I'm going to ask everybody out there. I'm going to ask you, Scott. I'm going to ask everybody out there. Is that the NBA or the NFL? <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I think if you, uh, I guess, I guess there's a lot more players in the NFL, so. You know, I, I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of shady stuff right there. But I'll, I'll go ahead and say the NFL. <laughs> well, it's not the NFL, and really? it's not the Man. NBA. It's not the NBA either. Okay. It's the 535 members of the U.S. Congress, the same group of oh. idiots that crank out. Hundreds of new laws each year designed oh. to keep the rest of us in line. Oh. And like oh, you said, man. Scott, in the intro, in and out of the world of fantasy sports. That's what we do. Don't, <laughs> don't get us started. Lance is in the chat room. Welcome, Lance. And uh, don't get him started on Congress, buddy. Uh, thanks, to everybody, for being in the chat room. Uh, the Red versus Blue crew, as we officially call it, every Friday night at 11 o'clock Eastern, just real quick. Um, We've been on Blog Talk Radio here now. Show, uh, Mike, this is show 69. In I fact, know. Show number, show number 69. But make sure and check out all the new Fantasy Sports Channel homepage. Check out the new homepage at www.ffc for Fantasy Sports Channel. ffc.fm, like radio, ffc.fm. We've now made it easier than ever to listen to our show and chat in the chat room all from one place. And uh, we stream, we stream uh, fantasy football information 24 hours a day. Not just fantasy football, all fantasy sports, actually, from Fantasy Sports Channel. Just visit ffc.fm every day, every Friday night here at 11 o'clock Eastern. Click the chat now graphic, and you'll be all set. Again, that's ffc.fm. Don't forget to check out all the other great programs while you're there. Mark Ronald does a great job. Follow us on Twitter at Red Blue Radio. Make sure you do that tonight before you leave. We have our Facebook page, Red vs. Blue. Listen, this is just a way to keep up with us, and then you can add us as a friend on Blog Talk Radio uh, so that you can be alerted to all the special shows throughout the week. Now, listen, this is the off-season, and, Mike, we're going to get ready to do a couple of extra special shows for all of you high-stakes players. We're getting ready to do the FFPC end-of-year recap with the fellows at FFPC, Dave and Alex, and uh, we're going to get the grand champion on there, and... Uh, Try to get some of the other big winners on uh, from the FFPC. We we like to do that. Matter of fact, we like to get to do that for all the high stakes events. NFFC, WCFF. We need to make some contact this week and get those set up because those are a blast to do. Uh, you know, bottom line is this: we want to expose the world of the fantasy football community. It's a it's a big world. There's millions of people that play fantasy football, Mike, and we want to expose the world to the high stakes community, the world of high stakes fantasy football. Listen. You got people all around the country that pay zero dollars to fifty dollars, maybe seventy, eighty dollars in their home leagues, their local leagues, or maybe even an ESPN or Yahoo league, something like that, and they think they're good, but they have no idea if they're good until no they enter the world of high stakes fantasy football. Some of the best show up at our show uh, throughout the season, and we're going to have them all throughout the off season as well. Uh, but Mike, we're just trying to keep things rolling, get a little well, bit of time no, no, slow. Go ahead. Well, well, hold on, Scott. Uh, there is no off season. First off, 
<laughs> because we, you know, like you said, we we keep it going uh, constantly uh, throughout the entire year. Whether it's in, the end of February, first of March, uh, we got the combine coming up. Uh, next thing you know, we got the draft coming up, and then yeah. uh, there's trades going on. Uh, I've had a shoot. I've had three uh, different trade offers in the last uh, week. And you know that's what that's what it's about uh, in high stakes football, uh, in uh, dynasty leagues, and things like that. Is you know you you constantly are looking for that different angle, that that angle that's going to uh, make you better, and uh, you know you, it makes it a lot of fun, and it makes it uh, it makes it a year round uh, I won't say job a year round hobby that is a a ton of fun, and we'd love to bring any and all aboard uh, that want to. You know, join this fraternity. I saw. Uh, right. I saw. Well, that's that's what we're here to do, Mike. And and again, we are high stakes players. We've been in the industry since its inception. Since year one, we've been involved in the world of high stakes fantasy football, and we're bringing it all to you live every Friday night, 11 p.m. Eastern. And we are going to bring in some special shows throughout these next couple of weeks here. So stay tuned. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and uh, sign up to to follow us on Blow Talk Radio so that you can be alerted when those special shows happen. You won't get a lot of notice, and I don't want you to miss what we have on those shows. Okay, Mike, look, we've got a lot to cover tonight. First of all, we're going to cover, uh, at some point tonight, we're going to cover the Dynasty rankings. We're unveiling our wide receiver top 30 Dynasty rankings for all the players that play Dynasty fantasy football. We've also been involved in a draft recently, a 16-team survivor draft uh, over at the footballguys.com message board uh, with some of the better minds there. Uh, in that draft, Mike, and there's some surprising ADPs we're going to talk about. Average draft position for all you at home. Surprising ADPs, and uh, I think we've got uh, we have Wayne in the chat room. Wayne Ellis, uh, one of our one of the friends of the program, had a fantastic year this year. He actually just uh, alerted us that uh, they had, they had drafted in that trendsetters draft, Mike, uh, over mm-hmm. at the NFFC. Very good league. Uh, he just sent me that draft. We're going to take a look at that here in a little bit. But Mike, I want to oh. start it off. I want to start it off with the two big stories this week, uh, namely LaDainian Tomlinson and Brian Westbrook, two of the greatest fantasy running backs we have seen in our lifetime. They rank right up there, especially LT ranks right up there for me with Marshall Falk. You're talking about six years, like six years LT served as an elite top fantasy running back in this in this league. And then you have Brian Westbrook, both released. What do you think about this, Mike? They, there is no loyalty in the National Football League. Well, no, there's no loyalty right now at all, uh, considering uh, what's going to happen with the uh, whole thing. Uh, well, you know, these organizations, uh, these owners, they're thinking about the uh, collective collective bargaining agreement, uh, CBA. I mean, it's, it's having a big impact, and not only with LT and uh, Brian Westbrook, but. Uh, you know, San Diego, let's go of uh, Darren Sproles as well. So, you know, there's a lot of teams that are dumping. They're just dumping, 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 because there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, like we talked on the last show last week uh, in 2011. Um, LT, Westbrook, uh, they're gone. But on as far as Philadelphia goes, uh, I think they have a – They've got much more reason to uh, get rid of Westbrook than uh, San Diego does LT and Darren Sproles because that just, I mean, that just, you know, that they have no uh, void. I mean, there's they're void of running backs. 
And, and, and to top that off, Mike, we're talking about the loyalty. Uh, Adam Schefter reported this afternoon that San Diego will not tender and will allow Darren Sproles to test the free agent market. <laughs> Hello, San yeah. Diego. Okay, you get rid of yeah. LT. You go ahead and get rid of Sproles. Uh, they're going to be so thin in that back. What are they going to start? Michael Bennett? Okay, they've got to I have no clue. Well, I mean, they've got, I mean, they've got to, they have they have they have nothing, Scott. And you know, it didn't it really didn't surprise me with the uh, Tomlinson move, uh, but it really surprised me with the Sproles move. Uh, and you know, I just don't know which direction they're going in. Uh, North Turner, uh, he's he, head coach, has got a new contract, and you know, they've got all the offensive weapons, but. Now they don't. So <laughs> what are they going to do? Well, uh, my gut, you know, we, we talked about it last week on the show. If you didn't listen to that show, definitely go back and check out the podcast. They're all archived here on Vlog Talk Radio. You can download it, listen to it later. Go ahead and subscribe to it. We're on iTunes as well. Uh, right there you can just subscribe to the, our iTunes podcast, and it will update you every single week in case you miss it. And you can and put it in your iPod or your MP3 player, check us out in the car, what have you. But we talked about the shard choice. There, there must be some interest there with the Shard choice. And yeah. they're talking about dealing uh, Cromartie. They're talking about putting him up as, as trade bait here. I'm not so sure Dallas is going to trade to Shard choice. But, I mean, I tell you, I, if I was Dallas, I'd feel pretty comfortable with Barber and Felix Jones. I mean, that's some injuries there. But those, that's a great tandem of action. And to get a, a corner like Cromartie, I think I'd feel pretty good about that. And to Shard choice is really waiting to bust at the scene. The other name we talked about, Mike, was Michael Bush. Uh, in the Raiders, that would be an inner. That would be a divisional trade. I, I can't really see Al Davis doing that, but if if Michael Bush becomes available or the right right offer comes about, I think Michael Bush could be moved. Well, that you know that makes a lot of a lot of sense right now. Um, you know, I could see San Diego, uh, you know, making a trade with Dallas and uh, uh, some draft picks being involved. Uh, San Diego. Just say, hey, you know, you can have our first round draft pick. Uh, give us the shard choice. That's who we want. Uh, you know, these are things that they probably have had their eye on since uh, maybe, I don't know, uh, November, December, uh, when they watched uh, when they watched kid play. So uh, all these things, uh, when it comes to choice and Bush, choice. Uh, that's funny that we uh, bring it up, but uh, Choice and Bush, uh, you know, those are different choices that you have uh, when you're uh, different organizations. Uh, so, you know, they're different options. 347-324-5404 is the number if you want to chat about LT or Westbrook. Did either of these guys lead you to some big-time cash in the world of high-stakes fantasy football? If they did, let us know. We want to hear from you. Listen, that's the 06 year for LaDainian Tomlinson was remarkable, Mike. You're talking about 28 rushing touchdowns and another three. It went over 30 touchdowns overall. And, and you look at the body of work from LT. I mean, come on. Look, let me, let me, listen to these touchdown numbers. Since his rookie year, his very first season, let me run these down, touchdown numbers, 10, 15, 17, 18, 20, 31 and 06. I mean, holy cow. 18, 12, and uh, 10 last year. And, again, that's a bad year for LT. 10 touchdowns, that's, probably, yeah. that's usually a great year for a, for a running back. Mike, but look at that. And, and for the last four years, Mike, his yards per, per carry has declined something fierce. We've seen it in the last couple of years. He hasn't 
He hasn't really had the well, most, especially last year. The, well, the reason it's declined, Scott, so much is uh, because uh, of the passing attack. Uh, San Diego has implemented a uh, just an out, outstanding passing game uh, with uh, Philip Rivers and uh, the core receivers that he has. So it, it's become more of a passing game for San Diego versus a running game. Uh, you know, five years ago, it was pretty much run because they had nobody, a quarterback, that could deal the ball. Um, but right now, it's, uh, it's you know, it's Phillip Rivers and it, it's his team and it's Norvell Turner and his team. And that's pretty much, I think, that's why they uh, just went the direction that they did with uh, Darren Sproles, especially today. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. You know, seeing LT in a different uniform is going to be very hard for a lot of people to take, including non-Charger fans. I mean, where does he go, Mike? Look, I mean, I heard I heard a rumor that he goes to the Patriots. And, and after all the trash talk that went on just a year ago uh, between oh. LT and the Chargers, I, can't, I just can't see him going and burying that hatchet and being a, a role player for them. Uh, oh, well, you know, Oh, Scott, come on now. It's a business. It's a business. You know, I mean, he hated uh, He hated the fact uh, he broke down in tears. I saw the uh, press conference that he had. He broke down in tears. Uh, he hated the fact that he's going to leave San Diego. But, uh, you know, you got to move on. you got to move on. And uh, that's what uh, San Diego's going to do, and that's what LT's got to do. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Well, I don't know, man. That would be a nice. Uh, that'd be a kind of a similar compliment. Uh, maybe that is the reception. They already have a Moeldy Moore for the for the backfield, you know, kind of receptions. And I don't know what to do with Willie Parker. I think he's going to go somewhere this year. Hey, my my prediction was kind of an interesting twist of fate, Mike. I I, I predicted the Falcons. Okay, you know, a team. Falcons. I'm looking for a team that uh, meets kind of the criteria. Has a a leader at quarterback, so you can't disrupt them, right? So no no question when LT comes in it it's not his team you know you're, you're still talking about it's Matt Ryan's team and so that that would be in place the second is it's a contender okay it, it's it's not a it's not a Super Bowl contender but they need that extra piece you've got Gonzalez maybe for one year okay. maybe two tops you if you had another veteran like LT you talk about LT Gonzalez Ryan Roddy and then you the, the twist of face the irony here. It's Michael Turner. Now LT is Turner's backup, and it's just kind of a nice little storyline. I don't know. What do you think about LT Uh Well, you know, I can see that a little bit. Um, but there's one other team that just just stole, totally stands out of me, and that's the Houston Texans. They've got the, they've got the wide receivers. They've got the tight ends. Uh, they've got mediocre running backs. Houston Texans that just yeah. – they just had their first winning year last year, and they're just getting over the top. So uh, Houston Texans, that might be another opportunity for him uh, along with Atlanta. Well, I like that, Mike, and, and I think if, you, if you're the Houston Texans, you have to do that. I think you're a playoff team if you get LT. Um, yeah. but, but, but the, the, the funny thing is that the ownership did come out this week and say they weren't looking for a player on the downside of their career, but then they kind of reversed that decision to say, you know what, they – they, they might go ahead and consider it, and I think they really should. You know, LT has the ties to Texas, uh, obviously, you know, going to TCU and, and being a star there, probably their best player of all time. And, and, and you know, I, I think that could really do a lot for that city. And, and you have the unpredictability of Stephen Slayton 
and and I don't know what Arian Foster is yet. We just don't know. Uh, so there there are a lot of a lot of question marks there at the running back position. And LT would be a nice little insurance policy. Not sure if he feels like that's a team that's ready to make that move to uh, elite level. Right, right. Well, but I don't think I don't think he's going to have much choice in this in this decision. No, no, I, I don't either. And uh, the bottom line, he, he knows that he's not going to be the guy going into uh, whatever team he's going to because he's he's going to play. He's going to play the first week of uh, September. He is going to be in the uniform, and he's going to play for a team. But he knows he's not going to be the guy on that team. However, he will be a, a profile guy that can make a difference in that locker room and make a difference in that entire team, whichever it may be, uh, whether it be Atlanta, Houston, or, or whatever. And that can make a big difference on that entire team. Absolutely, Mike. I, I'm just uh, I'm still a little shocked uh, that, it, that it went down as quickly as it did. You know, it was the, the year, it, it's definitely Phillip Rivers' team, and so you're going to see a passing attack there. You're going to see really this is the year that Rivers goes ahead and, and probably breaks those records. This is the year to probably grab him in one of the very top quarterback picks. I, I'm, I'm predicting a very big year for him with Gates still there and Vincent Jackson. Vincent and they've got yeah. Malcolm Floyd developing. I mean, who knows what else they're going to bring in. But you take away that running staple. Uh, who do they look at, Mike? I, I tell you what, if, where do they go from here if you're the Chargers? I tell you what, I, I'm kind of thinking if, if you can get somebody in the draft, uh, there's a guy that I don't think will make it there, but maybe if you're the Chargers and you really want a guy, I'm really excited about this C.J. Spiller from Clemson, yeah. Mike. Uh, yeah. A lot of people say that he's too small, at a, but, but 196 pounds is what he weighed in at up here in Indianapolis. And if you don't remember, the Titans' Chris Johnson weighed in at 197 just two years ago. He was drafted at 197. Uh, and, and so C.J. Spiller's not that small, and I encourage all of you that if you're playing Dynasty, you know, one of the nice ways, if, if you're not a big college guy and you're not watching a lot of college football, definitely make, take the time to spend a little bit of time in front of and look at some video study of these backs and get your feel if you like his style, if you like what you see. I encourage you guys, Mike, and I don't know if you've done this or not, I, yeah, go to YouTube, I, type in C.J. Spiller highlights. You will be blown away how many big plays this kid makes. C.J. Spiller highlights. That video is fantastic. You are going to be blown away. I mean, Mike, it's a video montage of 50, 60, 70 yard touchdown break. Speed kills in this league, and C.J. Spiller definitely has it. Yeah, no no doubt about it, Scott. And what he does is as long as he gets, uh, you, you know, just that uh, three, uh, five-yard window, once he's through that, it's over. It's over. Uh, I saw enough of Spiller uh, playing for Clemson. And, and this kid can, I mean, he can get it done. Uh, you're talking about size. Uh, I remember a long time ago, Emmett Smith, uh, when my Dallas Cowboys drafted Emmett Smith, I was, I was going, oh, my gosh. We got this guy. He's too small out of Florida. He's just, I mean, he's a hard running back. I mean, he works hard, but he's just too small. Well, I say to heck with the too small stuff because C.J. Smiller, I mean, he can do it. I mean, Spiller can get it done, and uh, I don't think he's going to fall that far, though. Yeah, you're probably right. There's a, there's plenty of other teams that could that could use a late back, which is why I said they probably need to trade up to do it, and, and I don't know if they – 
if they're really looking to do that with their first-round pick. But, Mike, if you had to reconsider uh, your first pick this year, if you have the rookie pick in Dynasty, rookie Dynasty pick, 1-1, one, one, do you go Des Bryant, uh, the, the, the stud that people compare to the next Fitzgerald-type player, or do, you, or do you get that running back, the hard-to-get, hard-to-trade-for running back in, in C.J. Spiller? Well, you know, that, that that's a tough call because it depends on uh, what your needs are. Um, I, you know, if you're filled up with uh, running backs and wide receivers and you're looking pretty good, like in one league I'm in, uh, I would probably go with uh, – I'd probably go with Des Bryant um, just on, on, on the basis that uh, I feel like that uh, wide receivers have a little bit of longevity, a little bit better trade value. Uh, if, if you're in dire need – at a running back in another league that I'm in, then you have to go uh, to Spiller. It depends on the needs. Well, Mike, and, and you know, a lot of times um, redraft leagues, that is the general sentiment, that you, you, you go based on your team need. I, I'm of the opinion, when I'm playing the Dynasty League, and I'm not sharing all my secrets here because I got some of my competitors in the 1250 uh, Dynasty League coming up here that the uh, FFPC is sponsoring, but in my opinion, in these points-per-reception leagues, obviously the wide receivers are valuable. But those running backs in dynasty leagues are hard to come by. And, and, and it's, but I think when it comes push comes to shove, you look at who offers you more trade value. Right now, Des Bryant has more trade value. His, his trade value is off the charts. I'm getting all kinds of offers for Des Bryant already because I have him in a developmental league. I mean, we draft college players, okay? That's how crazy we are. But I'm – I'm, I'm, the, the offers that we're getting for Des Bryant are, is just ridiculous because people know that this could be the next staple of your offense, you know, somebody that you could have a Calvin Johnson in your lineup or, you know, you could have a, a, a Larry Fitzgerald or a Brandon Marshall, somebody that you know you could count on when, when you know, in a game time. Uh, but but uh-huh. running backs are very hard to come by, Mike, and they just are. If you, if you don't have a running back, the, the, the thing is you're not getting one. They're going to make you pay to the nail through the teeth for a running back in a dynasty league. So if you better have a couple, you know, it's just, this is the thing about dynasty I've always noticed. Well, like, like, the, uh, like the wide receivers you just brought up, uh, you know, they're, they're not locked in. Calvin Johnson, uh, Brandon Marshall, I mean, you know, at, at that position too, it's not locked in either. So uh, <laughs> you have to figure out uh, what's going to fit your team and what's going to be the best. Uh, for your team, and it's a hard call sometimes. Uh, yep, yep. I try, I try to not pay attention, Mike, when it comes to looking at my team and seeing how to fit in. Because what I like to do is say, you know what? Forget how they fit in. Who's going to give me more trade value? Right. And then I'll trade around on my team. If I'm deep at wide receiver right now, and I, and the wide receiver has the most trade value, I'll draft the wide receiver and trade some of my depth later. Uh, that, that's just I, you know. What, uh, and that and that and that's a good uh, that's a good way to take it, Scott. Because uh, too many times uh, I get caught up into uh, drafting a player and falling in love with that player, instead of drafting the player and seeing what this player can give me, give my team in the future as far as uh, trade value. And that's what uh, all dynasty players uh, need to be aware of. And uh, I'm sure they are, but uh, it's something that, uh, you know, I'm still learning and uh, progressing through. Well, and Lance uh, just brought up a little bit of news here in the chat room. I will go ahead and touch on it. Uh, As we all know, the St. Louis Rams own 
the first overall pick in the NFL draft. They're a likely draft day uh, quarterback decision. It's 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 just it always happens when you really need a player to change your franchise. You usually go quarterback. Now that's not the best player in the draft this year. You know, no. defensive tackle Zonda uh, Kong Su or whatever. How are you going to say his name? Dominic from Nebraska. Sue. Yeah. Yep. That that kid is obviously the uh, the best player in the draft, but that doesn't change your franchise overnight. That's a building block for a defense. I mean, Warren Sapp, you know, when the Bucks drafted him, great great player to build around. Uh, same with Houston when they drafted uh, the kid over Reggie Bush a couple years back, Mario Mario Williams. Great building yep. block for your franchise, but an overnight uh, an overnight face of the franchise like Mark Sanchez. Uh, did that for the Jets last year. Uh, you're talking about Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers, Eli, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, all these quarterbacks, even Matt Ryan. Uh, and then you're, 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 they're trying to do it in Detroit with Matt Stafford. But Sam Bradford is that guy that could could give you that face of your franchise. And and, and right. Spagnuolo, he went one in fifteen last year, Mike. He he's got a short window here to be to be good. And without a quarterback, you have Bolger. And you're, you don't you don't want to put Bolger back. You want to put a guy in there right from the bat, get some fan support. I think it is. I think they're. I think they're. You know, that, you know it goes back and forth as to uh, uh, what to do with uh, a rookie quarterback uh, just coming out of college, especially with Bradford's uh, injury possibilities over the shoulder. Uh, I, you know, if I'm St. Louis, you know, Stephen Jackson's screaming for somebody. He says, I need some help. Give me some help. But on the other side of it, do you want to draft a quarterback uh, like a Bradford that, uh, you know, obviously has the skills to play in the NFL? His injury possibilities, I don't know. That right. just makes it even tougher and tougher to uh, uh, determine. And, you know, well, it seems like most, most, uh, most fans of – NFL teams, uh, they want to see the high profile, the the player, the, the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver, to be drafted instead of that offensive lineman or that defensive lineman that can make a lot of difference. So it's a tough call, and they have a tough call. Well, they're desperate. The Rams are desperate. On Thursday, Adam Schefter guaranteed on the air that the Rams would select Bradford first overall in the April 22nd draft. So uh, the, the only problem is that Bradford, he is rehabbing that throwing shoulder uh, following that reconstructive surgery, and he's not going to even throw for teams until pro day. You know, and I think he does that in Norman. So, you know, you, you're, you're not going to know what you've got, and, and, but, but, but Schefter says it, and, and you've got to listen to Schefter. Schefter knows what he's talking about. Let's keep moving. Like pretty good. Brian, Brian Westbrook here, another, another story. I guess you call it almost a tragedy. I listen. I listened to a Westbrook interview on Stephen A. Smith. Love that radio show. Uh, Stephen A. Smith had Westbrook on, and he's and he's a native Philadelphia writer there, so he writes it, you know. And he, and he really Stephen A. Smith really tears apart the Eagles for the most part uh, on this decision, and had Westbrook on the air. And, and Westbrook had some very interesting things to say. Uh, he said in that last game that he was he was healthy. He was declared healthy. He was fine. The doctors cleared him. And he was ready to play. The doctors gave him the okay, told Andy Reid that he was good to go. But they did not play him in that championship beating by the Cowboys. And he was really upset. He said it. He said, man, look at me. I was ready to go. I had my helmet on. I was sitting right beside Andy Reid. I'm like, put me in the game, coach. Put me in the game. They didn't even 
they didn't even sniff him. So it was like they knew they were kind of done with him. They were they were ready to just go ahead and, and part ways. And I don't know. That's just not the way you, you treat a guy. No, no, I, I, no. I can't. You know, I, first off, I find it hard to believe that they would go that route in the uh, NFC Championship game. Uh, you know, when when so much is on the line. Uh, you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know. But uh, you know, with Brian Westbrook, uh, no. You, you got to still let him do what he does. I mean, especially catching the ball in the backfield. I was talking to a good friend of mine. He's a big uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan. He's a big Philly fan. And uh, that's the one thing he, he has uh, problems with uh, LaShawn McCoy. He's like, you know, he, he's like the guy. I mean, the kid can run. The kid can run, but he's not really proficient out of the backfield catching passes. And uh, that's something that Brian Westbrook was. So that's going to be – that's going to be a position that they're going to need to fill in Philly. Well, speaking of McCoy, Mike, I was offered a trade today. I have LaShawn McCoy in a dynasty league, PPR. I was offered no Sean Moreno straight up for LaShawn McCoy. Mike, what do you do in that situation? Uh, well, it just depends on, uh, it depends on what you have and what you need. Uh, That's running back for running back. Uh, I know it's running back for running back, uh, and it depends on uh, the team situations. Um, I would almost, uh, I would almost stay with McCoy, because and the reason will run the ball. You know that. I I, I I like what I saw from Moreno this year, and I like what I saw from McCoy. I expected to have a big year from McCoy, and I don't think I got exactly what I expected from him in year one, but. Definitely, he's the guy for the job. He's definitely going to start toting the rock. But you got Leonard Weaver in there, and I tell you, Leonard Weaver is a big part of that offense. I like what I saw from Weaver, and he's a fan favorite. I think they're going to use him in that offense quite a bit, and they'll probably bring in yet another guy. Um, but we saw McCoy kind of runs that straightforward style at Pitt. He's probably going to do the same thing. Moreno, uh, he played through some injuries. was kind of dinged up all year. I, that was kind of scary. I'm going to have him pick Moreno because I've got Moreno at running back 11. I have LaShawn McCoy at running back 17. They're real close. But I went ahead and took Moreno. I think that was that trade that he should have been asking for a little bit more. If you have no Sean Moreno and you want McCoy, don't just offer it straight up. Go ahead and throw a little something else in there. Make me work yeah. for it a little bit. The, the consensus well, is Moreno has a higher trade value. You should be asking for a little bit more, you Moreno owners. Don't don't just give him away. It's a very, you know, Scott, it's a very interesting trade, uh, Honestly, I mean, because, you know, you're talking straight up rookie for rookie, basically. Well, sophomore for, for sophomore. Uh, the uh, stability in uh, Philadelphia, I, I guess that's what makes me feel better about McCoy than it does uh, Moreno. But Moreno, I mean, he's explosive. I don't think you can go wrong either way. I hate to, you know, ride that fence right now, but I am. Uh, but it, I like both guys. It's very, it's very tough. That, that, that's a very tough one, but I would still go with McCoy. Yeah, I like both guys. Uh, Mike, moving on. Uh, Sean Payton did say today that Reggie Bush will stay with the team. There was a, there was a few rumors that Reggie would be out this year. They kind of dispelled that. They said Reggie will be with the team, so just get rid of that idea. And then Thomas Jones news. Uh, you know, here's a veteran back for the Jets. Sounds like he will be released, Mike, or he will take a pay cut. And Thomas Jones has said already that he was not going to take a pay cut, so that leaves kind of only one other option. It's either push comes to shove here. Leon Washington has already been declared healthy. He will be ready for the 
the opening part of the season. So you got Leon Washington healthy. You got Sean Green, the the, the, the franchise uh, running back, ready to go. The future. What do you do if you're Tom Jones or, or Thomas Jones? Yeah, you you got to get rid of Thomas Jones if you have him right now. Uh, I, I think he's gonna he, he'll develop into some kind of a you know a back at some point in time for the Jets. But I think he's gonna stay with the Jets because he 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 loves the Jets and the Jets made him what he is. Uh, but if you're a Thomas Jones owner, uh, I think you got to get rid of him real quick. Wow, you know, we've got some uh, some prognostication here. John Duckworth in our chat room at the crew is saying that Thomas Jones could be an Eagle soon. Uh, that's an makes interesting sense. little take there. That, would well, be, that, makes, uh, sense. that a, makes sense, John. Absolutely. Well, yeah, but why do you get rid of Westbrook then? Is it, is it because of the salary situation, what you had to pay yeah. him, obviously? Well, you know, we're well, to well clear, that's clear what they're all doing. Well, Scott, that's what they're all doing. Uh, that's what San Diego did with uh, – uh, Sproles and LT, uh, they dumped probably, uh, I, I think it's about $20 million that they dumped right now because, uh, like I said, uh, when I said earlier in the show, uh, you know, we we don't want to face it, but the, the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, I mean, it's coming to full fruition right now. And, you know, these teams are they're getting rid of players that they owe that, uh, no, they don't owe, but they're just dumping the salaries and getting rid of players, and uh, it's going to be very interesting in the next, uh, I'd say, uh, 18, 24 months. It's starting off to be a brutal bloodbath. That's what it is, the BBB, the brutal bloodbath, man. I'm just yep. already with the big names involved. Um, and we got another uh, Lance. There's more to come. Thomas I Jones. guarantee it. Lance is saying Thomas Jones to San Diego in the chat room, so <laughs> – you know, there's there's lots of different things that could happen here. But at the end of the day, and it's all like you said, it's all about the money uh, and where that stands. Now, the interesting thing is with this Thomas Jones situation, it really clears the way if you're a Sean Green owner to maximize his value right now. I mean, wow, this yeah. kid could be a top ten running back this year in dynasty football. Look, Thomas Jones was number eight in the league, and I think Sean Green looked every bit the player the running back that Thomas Jones was. You have a dominant offensive line, a ground-and-pound philosophy for a head coach that's not going anywhere anytime soon, and <laughs> you get those two things put together, you're going to be a top back no matter how good you are. As long as, long as uh, their offensive line is maintained, uh, which I think, it's, I think it will be, uh, there's no doubt in my mind uh, Rex Ryan, he wants to run the ball, and uh, Sean Green is going to be a part of that uh, plan. And he, he proved it uh, the last uh, six games of the year and in, in the playoffs. Sean Green is a he's a major player, and you know, as far as our uh, our uh, running back uh, rankings, uh, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna move he's gonna move up the list. I mean, yeah. every week. I got you. I'm with you there, Mike. You know, I got I'm in this dynasty league with my my friend John Wright. And uh, it's our running back trio right now are is a uh, Frank Gore, no Sean Moreno, and Sean Green, and and we're feeling Beautiful. pretty good about that about that Beautiful. combo moving forward. Uh, we we have Reggie Bush too, it's just not uh, hadn't been working out. But uh, yeah, feeling good when you've got those young running backs to kind of lead the way. You've uh, you, you feel like you're ready for a run. Um, okay, Mike, we we've got about 20 minutes left in the show. I want to get to these dynasty wide receivers. I'll tell you what, I had a very difficult time with these dynasty wide receivers this year. There are so many names. Let me just throw a couple of names out at you that make this 
process terribly, terribly difficult uh, this year to know what to do and when to do it, when to pull the trigger on certain guys. For example, here, here's one that is going to try to wrap your head and wrap your head around this one, okay? One of the number one offenses, passing offenses in the league last year, and for probably the next few years to come, thanks to Aaron Rodgers, is the Green Bay Packers. Now, how many years does Donald Driver have left? Not much. One? <laughs> one? I mean, the guy's getting up there. I mean, 35, 36 years of age, it's, 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 it's tough to play much further. So I'm looking at a James Jones. Where do you slot a guy like a James Jones or a Jordy Nelson, somebody that was a number three, will probably be bumped up to a number two to play opposite of Greg Jennings and a, Mar- and a Jermichael Finley. Now you've got three offensive weapons here. Where does a James Jones fit in in a number one passing offense? Well, you ask yourself that question. Where does a number two wide receiver for the Colts fit in? Pierre Garçon, Austin Colley, where are the Anthony Gonzalez? All of these names are thro- great passing offenses, great quarterbacks. Where do you have guys like that? Well, so let me give you an example, Mike. Do you take a wide okay. receiver one in St. Louis, Donnie Avery? Okay. Do you take a Donnie Avery over a Pierre Garçon, number two? No. Can't do it. What about a number three in Indianapolis, Austin Collins? Can't do it. Can't do it. Very difficult to do. Anthony Gonzalez, you throw that in the equation, well, who knows what job he gets next year. He'll probably be slowly in, but you're talking about a dynasty league, and, and dynasty is usually only the, the, the first year. is you know It might be a problem for him getting some playing time, but then years two, three, four, five, he's still Anthony Gonzalez, and you know if he has a home with Peyton Manning, He's going to be a nice little option. Uh, well, and, and another thing, Scott, is you, you have to look at players that made impact in the last uh, six weeks of the previous year, and there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them out there uh, that can do that. Uh, you, you're talking about uh, Gosson, which uh, wasn't necessarily the last six weeks, but uh, Austin Colley, uh, like what you just said, these are guys that filled in – in place of somebody that was injured and they made an impact. And now they're being looked at. They're being looked at very seriously because these guys will they'll, they'll get you fantasy points and they're going to move up the charts as far as your uh, uh, wide receiver rankings. Well, again, we're talking about these number two, number three wide receivers for these great passing offenses. James Jones very likely going to step right into the number two wide receiver position in Green Bay in a year or two. Um, Pierre Garçon looks like he's already submitted his spot uh, as a number two in Indianapolis. And now you look at somebody like a Robert Meacham. Robert Meacham as a number two wide receiver in New Orleans. Again, a top passing offense. You've got to think that that carries quite a bit of value. Now, Mike, I'm going to throw another name at you. Wes Welker. Where do you slot a guy like Wes Welker who's coming off Reconstructive knee surgery, poor ACL, going to be back next year maybe. He might catch a few games this year. But after that, you tough out this one bad year, you'll have two, three, four tough elite years left with Tom Brady. Where do you slot a guy like that? Uh, Okay, well, uh, you you got to pretty much slot him very high. because I mean, there's there's no there's no doubt about it. Tom Brady, he's going to be in back in full form next year. Uh, the hoodie's going to make sure he is. And uh, another one is uh, out of Chicago, uh, Devin 
You're going to have to help me out with this last name. Uh, Thomas, Devin Hester, Devin... Aroma Shudu. Aroma Shudu, okay, okay. That's uh, another you know, one. That's another yeah. one because I see I see a bounce back year from uh, a guy like Cal Orton because uh, he flopped. Yeah, I mean he mean, really flopped mean, last you year. Mean, you mean Cutler? I mean, you mean yeah, Cutler. Cutler. Yeah, yeah, Jay Cutler. But, I mean, he, yeah, I'm kind of curious about Aroma Shudu, man. I don't know if he's a if he's the type of big. I mean, he's a big physical wide receiver. I don't know how that fits into Mike Mark's offense of plan. It, it actually sounds like Devin Hester is going to be given the chance to be the number one wide receiver again in Mike Mark's offense. Whether that happens or not, we'll have to wait and see. But it's just very interesting, these decisions we're going to have to make. So, okay. But, so, De- I'll, I'll but Devin be- would be a great – he'd be great, too. He'd be, he'd be great, two or three on your team if you need him. And I don't know. It just seems like a good spot for him. Yeah, so I, uh, I've got my top wide receivers. I'm going to go ahead and unveil them now. And, and, and instead of going from bottom to top, I'm just going to go ahead and go from top to bottom. I think it's a little more uh, reflective and it's a little easier to follow that way. Um, Andre Johnson is my number one wide receiver. Larry Fitzgerald, number two. Calvin Johnson, number three. Mike, I don't think those three names have changed any. It was that way last year. It's this way this year. Jungle them up any which way you want. The only problem with Fitzgerald is, is Matt Linus. If it wasn't for Matt Lant, this year would be number one. But Andre Fitz, Calvin, Mike, I don't think there's any dispute. No, I, I don't think so either. Uh, the only, like you said, uh, uh, Fitz, he can move down a little bit, uh, and that would make Wayne m- maybe move up a little bit. Or, uh, but uh, you know, it, it's tough to go with what you got there. Moving on, Brandon Marshall at four. I know he's a little bit of a head case, but man, when he gets in there, no matter what team he plays for, he's going to be the he's going to be the top dominant option uh, at wide receiver. There, he's, I mean, to the I mean, he's going to get the look. How many receptions and yards did he get in that one game this year? What what was it? Like it was, twenty? It was, it, was, it was it was over twenty. Yeah, insane. Yeah, the the, the kid has incredible talent. Just put him in the right situation, and he's going to go off every week. Yeah, and, and again, there's a little bit of a, a mental issue there. I'm not real sure that I would, but when, when push comes to shove, if you're asking me to draft to leave Brandon Marshall on the board for somebody else to take, I can't do it. So uh, my yeah. next pick, my next pick was is a, is a toss up, but right now I have Roddy White and Marquez Colston in a dead heat for number five. They're tied for fifth. Roddy White, Marquez Colston. Uh, again, both excellent players uh, and, and in great offenses. And then I have Deshaun Jackson at number seven. Uh, Mike, Deshaun Jackson had a fantastic year this past year, but it only ranked him at number 11 overall. Now, that's that's the thing. You you, the, you look back at Deshaun and he's big play Deshaun. That's what he does. He makes big plays. But for some reason, he doesn't get tons of targets. That's the only problem. And, and right. I don't know how you fix that problem. Well, you know that's 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 kind of a hard problem to fix. Uh, the one deal with uh, Deshaun Jackson is who's going to throw to him two years down the road. Now I know who's going to throw to Roddy White two years down the road, I, but I don't know who's going to throw to to Deshaun Jackson two years down the road. Right, uh, and that's, I would that, go with Roddy White. If, if we were talking about just pure talent, Mike, I have Deshaun Jackson like at number four or five. That's how high I think of it, but i got to push him back down a little bit just because 
of the quarterback situation, the unknown, like you put it. That's that's the only thing that scared me. Moving on, uh, it's the big name, Vincent Jackson, uh, at number eight. And, and the only reason I don't have him a little bit higher is because of the legal mess that he's found himself in in the past as well. Uh, but, you know, I might even push Vincent Jackson a little bit higher now that I think about it. I really feel like with this move to get rid of LT and move in the direction of Phillip Rivers, this is Phillip Rivers' team solely, uh, right. Vincent Jackson could be even bigger than that. So then I've got Vincent Jackson at eight, Greg Jennings at nine, and Mike, number ten, look, you still haven't heard some big names here. Number ten is Miles Austin for Tony Romo, the number one option in, in Dallas, and I tell you what, he jumps up to my number 10 after that fantastic season we saw in 2009. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a playmaker. He's a playmaker, and he just takes care of business. Uh, the only thing I, wor- I worry about him is being uh, doubled all the time. Uh, Dallas has to find uh, Roy Williams or not. Uh, they have to find another wide receiver that's going to make big plays and uh, to get things done so they can free up for uh, Miles Austin. So that's my top ten, Mike. You'll notice that a couple of names are missing from there. Reggie Wayne as one, and it's very difficult to to continue to pass on Reggie Wayne if you're in a draft. Listen, the guy is going to be 32 years old when the season starts. That means as a dynasty player you might have, what, Two years left at elite production if you're Reggie Wayne. I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic, yeah. he's in fantastic shape, but eventually the body. I mean, he, he may be a Jerry Rice type player. I mean, continue to play. I've heard rumors in Indianapolis that Peyton Manning's going to play to 40. Okay, I've heard that he's going to play till 40, and there's nothing that's going to stop him. I mean, he might play even longer than that. I mean, I'm talking to real diehard fans here, that, and, and I'm like, is he really going to play that long? Well, if he does. The reason the receivers, uh, the way they play their game, Reggie doesn't take a lot of big hits, just like Marvin doesn't take a lot of big hits. Uh, he never did. He yep. extended his career a couple years, but I don't think there's too many too many uh, ways to extend your career past 35. It just doesn't happen. I've got uh, <laughs> I've got uh, Reggie Wayne on one uh, on one team, and you know I'm thinking the same way. I'm like, man, how much can I get out of him? Uh, it's about done. It's about done. Uh, and we've talked about Sidney Rice. Uh, I got two. I got two players that you didn't mention uh, that uh, actually that we've talked about before. Sidney Rice. Uh, I think he he may have hit a ceiling. Uh, I don't think there's much. But uh, there's one that uh, may come back that may be very inter- interesting for everybody to watch is Dwayne Bow. Uh, I think Dwayne Bow is just continuing to fit in uh, with Kansas City and. They've got to get better. I mean, they've got to get better. Uh, so that that might be a player that uh, might supplant Rice, as a matter of fact, and moving up the rankings. Well, you look at Sidney Rice, a number 10 wide receiver in his breakout year, and you have the question marks about Brett Favre. Now, obviously, if you lose Brett Favre, Sidney Rice's value takes a major, major hit, and that becomes Adrian Peterson's team again. But – Still, I think we've seen this before. I'll have to come up with the analogy next week in the example, but we've seen this happen before where we said, wow, what's going to happen once he loses that quarterback? And the player is still a player. He's still elite. He still has. He still can do what he does on the field. I think Sidney Rice will still be fine. That's why I have Sidney Rice checking in at number 12 right behind Reggie Wayne. I think I go ahead and take Reggie Wayne because I've got two or three years of top five production. He's not going anywhere. He's still Peyton's number one target. 
you, you can't really turn that down. He might even play four years, four more years. I mean, 32, 33, 34, 35. I can see another four years from Reggie Wayne. I can't let him go too far. I can't let him slip oh. down. So okay. I, well, I take him right around that 11-12 range with Crabtree right behind him. What about Greg Jennings, Green Bay? Well, yeah, I had him up there at number uh, – he was right there with Vincent Jackson at number nine. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Greg Jennings is somebody you can't forget about, especially the second half of the season. He really turned it up a notch. Uh, obviously, it took him a while to get rolling, man. For I mean, some of us, we drafted him with very high expectations. Uh, you and I drafted him in the NFFC. Yep. Our combo yep. of wide receivers. Do you remember how excited we were about Greg Jennings and Eddie Royal? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Eddie Royal, Eddie Royal. What hey, happened hey, to Eddie Royal, Scott? Hey, let, let, let's, let, let's talk about Eddie Royal for a second. Well, hey, in the NFFC, we were like, man, we were dominating this draft. We start off with Chris Johnson at like the 13th pick, right? We start off with yep. Chris Johnson, we're love and life. Then we back it up with Greg Jennings and Eddie Royal. We're like, we just won the lottery. We got this. We got this. <laughs> we got it. And then, and to see and then Chris Eddie Johnson, Royal. Yeah, to see Chris Johnson do what he did, and then Greg Johnson and Eddie Royal were complete busts the first half of the year. Royal yep. a complete season. Uh I mean, it's just, it's really disheartening. So, yeah, Eddie Royal is somebody that, man, well, if Marshall goes, what happens to Eddie Royal? Uh, he's somebody you got to believe in a little bit, uh, especially if he's going to be one of the top targets in that Denver offense for uh, for, for um, uh, Kyle Orton. I don't know if Kyle Orton's still going to be the starter there or not, and it sounds like he will get another shot, but um, Eddie Royal has done it before, and so he should be able to do it again. Some For some reason, he didn't fit in. To uh, McDaniel's plans, I don't know. No, uh, will no. he this year? There, there, there was obviously something that uh, wasn't right uh, from the word go because uh, he wasn't. Uh, he didn't get many attempts uh, at all. Uh, not many, uh, you know, targets, and uh, it was like, uh oh, this is bad from the word go. So I don't know. All right. So then I've got, uh, like I said, Michael Crabtree at thirteen. Uh, I have him ahead of Antonio Holmes. It was a very tough thing for me to do, but Mike, I think you hit it on the head. Coaching, the coaching in San Francisco with Singletary is a big reason why I put Michael Crabtree at 13. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think Mike Singletary, Mike Singletary, he's got things going on, going in the right direction for that team. Uh, Michael Crabtree, uh, don't, don't, don't forget, I mean, this kid was way late coming into the season last year. And, you know, he made strides. Next year is going to basically be his rookie year, but he's got some games underneath his belt. And uh, I, I see Crabtree just being a beast right now for San Francisco and a beast underneath Singletary. I've got Antonio Holmes right behind him. Uh, again, that's an offense with Heinz Ward uh, exiting probably in the next year. Uh, I see Antonio Holmes at, at taking over his elite spot for um, ben Roethlisberger. Then you've got Mike Sims-Walker. If he could stay healthy, he'd be top 10. I've got him chiming in at 15. And then, Mike, I love what I saw from the rookie, the New York Giant rookie, Hakeem Nix. This kid can play ball. I've got him at 16 in a dead heat with Dwayne Bowe. Yeah, you know, I, I can agree with that. I mean, all those sound – they sound good. Uh, Nix – Hakeem Nix is uh, – you know, he's going to be something else. And, uh, you know, he's just pretty much uh, telling Manningham, uh, you step up to the plate, boy, and that's pretty much the way it is. And Manningham is just kind of falling down the charts. 
because of Mix and and the way he's playing. So, you know, it, it's a good choice. Two, or, two and actually three names that we haven't mentioned here, and it's just so hard to fit these guys in. But, look, I've got Steve Smith here at 18. And, Mike, I don't know. I mean, this is a top ten, top five wide receiver when healthy and when the quarterback is there. The problem is the quarterback isn't there. Jake DeLome has checked out. Right. Carolina right. has dedicated so much money to this guy, they have to get rid of Jake DeLome and move in a new, fresh direction. I'd love to see – you know, the Panthers take a chance on somebody like, you know, a Clawson or a Bradford, somebody to really change up the franchise. Because right now you've got the, one of the best elite wide receivers in the league, and you have nobody to throw in the damn ball. Steve Smith yeah, I, is, is sitting in a very unfortunate situation. Right, he is. He is. And and, and it's a shame because that's a hell of a talent uh, in the NFL to not being able to do anything with it. Um, I don't see uh, DeLone being the starting quarterback. Is, uh, you know, they're, they're, they are in a bad situation. But you brought up something just now that uh, made sense, uh, Jimmy Clawson. Uh, Clawson, that could be a good fit for uh, Carolina. I like it. Yeah, I like that too. I, I, they need something. They've got to. They've got to get a new uh, something. Some kind of new blood going in there. And, and there's nobody on the free agent market worth grabbing right now. You don't go after Michael Vick if you're Carolina. You, you need to go after uh, a young gun that can throw the ball, and, and, and he fits that category. But then there's another player, Mike, another player that is a top ten wide receiver when healthy, Anquan Bolden. But what does Matt Leiner do with Anquan Bolden? You've got to get the ball to Larry Fitzgerald. you got to get the ball to Bolden. A lot of issues there for Bolden at 30 years of age. Absolutely. And uh, it, the bottom line is, Matt Liner's got got to get the ball to him. Uh, Matt Liner is no uh, Kurt Warner, so it's gonna it, it's gonna create a totally different situation in Arizona. And uh, I guarantee you, Wizard Hunt, he's going, uh oh, oh, what do I do now? So you know, it's it's, it's all on uh, it's all on Matt Liner's shoulders. To be honest with you, Scott, it's not about the wide receivers. It's all on Matt Liner's shoulders. Can he do the job? And that well, us as uh, fantasy uh, owners, we got to figure that out. And I tell you what, as fantasy owners, you got to pay attention to the, what the players have to say. And I listened to an interview on Mike and Mike in the morning uh, with Kurt Warner that they had. Very revealing interview when they asked if Matt Liner, they asked Kurt Warner if Matt Liner will be the guy and if he will be the the the, the solution and the answer to you know Arizona's quarterback. And Warner. His, his comments were very uh, revealing. He said, it's yet to be seen. He said, it's yet wow. to be seen. Uh, I think he knows that Matt Leonard's in serious, serious trouble if he doesn't start studying, if he doesn't take serious and really right. just buckling down and, and, and being the best that he can be. He's not the best talent. We know he doesn't have the best arm. He has to really overcome a lot of that with his mental study. And if, he doesn't, if he's not willing to do that, He's going to be kicked out of this league quicker than you know you could say, Liner. I agree. I, I totally agree. So it's hard to it's hard to squat an Anquan Bolden. If you ask me right now, Jeremy Macklin or Anquan Bolden? Macklin's twenty two, Bolden's thirty. Uh, questions Macklin. about the Philly. Questions about the Philly passing offense. Questions about the Arizona offense. Um, I, I, again, how many years do you go out? If you go out five, six, seven years, and you're thinking about it. Well, then you probably want to take Macklin. But if you're only looking at a three or four year window, I don't know how you can't take Bolden. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. It depends on what you want. Do you, do you want to win now? Do you want to win uh, consistently, or do you yeah. want to just fold up there? I mean, there's, and... there's, there's no telling if you'll even be alive in six or seven years, okay? It's very hard to make your decisions, you know, because there's a six or seven or eight-year age difference. Three or four years is really all you need to be thinking about. Uh, Mike, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and post these to the site. We'll post these to our blog once we're, once we're done. We're just out of time. We're flat out out of time. We covered as much as we could. We're going to try to Great get to talk, that. Scott. we got to go at Red versus Blue. Thanks, to everybody, in the chat room. We'll see you next week, and uh, we've got a big show coming up for FFPC. Stay tuned. You've been listening to Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. And I went fast, Mike. Went fast, buddy. Oh. We'll see you, buddy. Have a good one. Bye, man. You too.